for Zang. Yes, Jacqueline Lopez. Give me three words to describe heroes and demons. All right, ready? I'm so excited. The three words to describe this episode of Star Trek Voyager. <laughs> oh boy. Are. Okay. Game of Thrones. This is heaven of wine. Ladies and gents, my name is Jacqueline, that's Jennifer, and we are Seven of Wine, where every episode of this podcast, we review an episode of Star Trek Voyager and a bottle of wine at the exact same time. Jen, why don't you give us a quick synopsis of this week's episode, Heroes and Demons. Heroes and Demons. Um, sure. Okay. Here we go. I'm so excited. Harry Kim is dead. (laughs) 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 Harry Kim is dead. Says everybody in a oh. <laughs> in a Beowulf simulation that's running on a holodeck um, that happens to be running during a photonic anomaly that happens near a protostar. When Chakotay and Tuvok also go missing after they enter the holodeck to investigate, the crew of the Voyager must send in the only member of the crew who can't be affected by the holodeck's mysterious lack of safety protocols. Is it Neelix? Nay, tis, tis not Neelix. Oh. Yes. Um, tis the doctor. Oh, yep. the doctor. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the doctor's first away mission. Oh. oh. No one forgets their first away mission. No one forgets their first away, away mission. mission. <laughs> Jen, for wine, uh, you, uh, you got a little method on us. You got a little Daniel Day. I did get very Daniel Day tonight. <laughs> Sorry, Um, I was I was investigating. um, I was (laughs) combing through ancient scrolls. Of course, Wikipedia. um, (laughs) The the Wikipedia, the Wikipedia, the scroll of Wikipedia, and um, (laughs) trying to figure out what wines, what correlation there was between Beowulf and wine, blah blah blah. And I pulled up a scholarly article that actually pointed out that. Interestingly enough, Beowulf is a Scandinavian tale, and in Scandinavia, um, grape wines, wine grapes, wine grapes were really, really difficult to come by in um, ancient times of yore. Of yore. And so it was very rare that anybody back in the day would get to drink any wine. So what was common in halls was mead. Mead! Hence, mead halls. Hey. And so for today's episode, I picked us up a bottle of mead. Mead. And let's let's read this sweet, sweet bottle. It's Bunratty Mead brand. White wine with honey and herbs added. Already sounds interesting. Mm -hmm. And it says, Bunratty Mead made from white wine with honey and herbs. Mead soon made its way into courts of the four kings of Ireland and no banquet was complete without it. It's another banquet, y'all. This honey-based drink was believed to have powers of virility and fertility. That's why my penis is hard. Of course. And it became custom for the bride and groom to drink mead for one full moon after their wedding, hence the word honeymoon. Oh my god! <laughs> I've always wanted to know the etymology of honeymoon, not 
You Psych. guys, this what what is this lesson we're learning? In Ireland today, it is still a tradition to toast the bride and groom with a glass of mead when they depart on their honeymoon from the wedding feast. And then it's meant to be drunk chilled before meals. So breakfast and uh, 12th breakfast. And as a relaxing after dinner drink, you may also enjoy meat on the rocks with a slice of lemon. In the winter, nothing adds the chill, takes the chill out better than mead as a hot toddy. And you may wish to drink it at dinner with your chicken, turkey or game. Doesn't clarify if they're alive or dead. Just says you could drink it with fowl. Yeah, you could drink it with fowl. You guys... You could drink it with anything, it sounds like. So, bottom line is, all the ways they said how to drink it, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. You know Guess how what? we do it? We just we just clink glasses and drink it down the gullet. Room Let's do temperature. this. Room temp. Let's do this. Nah. Nope. Uh-uh. No. Mm, you know what? Nope. I'll tell you what. At least we're not going to get sick. Ricola. <laughs> Ricola. Uh, yeah. Well, that's that definitely just tastes like sugar water with uh, alcohol in it. And really, you know, there's, um, you know what it tastes like to me? I think there's like honey flavored cough drops. If you yeah. melted them. That's what this it would is, taste like. This is what's growing down my gullet. This is like bad scissorp. You guys, you know what? I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind chasing Grendel. After drinking this, no. I'd just be like, oh, there's an either or option. I'm going to go fight this beast. My life is forfeit. Now that I've tasted that, <laughs> death, death would be sweeter. <laughs> Grendel, take me. Grendel, take me in your claws, <laughs> in your sweet embrace of death. <laughs> Spare me the taste of horrible meat on my tongue. Y'all, if this is what a honeymoon is about, I ain't buying. For it has slain me. It hath slain me. My soul, it is dead. The foul demon of mead. <laughs> now all that is left to take is my body. My body. And I hope when I get to... What is that place called? Valhalla. Valhalla. Yep. We will watch Star Trek Voyager. So let's get into it. Yeah, and this means, you know, I'm going to try to chug it. We try. When wine is bad, we try. But I don't know if I can do it. This, this tastes like something for church. We're going to do... We're going to give it our best shot for you guys. For you listeners. We're going to try to get drunk off of mead for you. You know what? Let's yeah. see if we can. I think we can because I think it's uh, 14.7% alcohol by volume. Doing my part. <sighs> Look at you trying. <sighs> okay. I, all right, Jen, start <sighs> us off. <sighs> all right. How do we start this sweet episode, Heroes and Demons? Well, okay. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. We start out with uh, Janeway and Bolana. Just techno babbling out of their minds. They are having the biggest orgy of science. I wonder why. I think, you know what, just digging into it really quickly, I think it's because it was season one and they really, really wanted wanted to establish the science of it. Yeah, that these chicks knew, like, you know, I I agree with you that, you know what, this is going to hold up. Yeah. To the rest of the franchise, yeah, or yeah, with with the techno babble, yeah. So they they need to they need to swing their dicks around a little bit, and they did a little too much because I could barely keep up in this episode. And what they're what they're essentially saying is that the that Voyager has has come within proximity of a protostar, protostar, and that they've encountered like a lot of photonic energy. And because Star Trek in general has like every Starfleet captain is curious and gathering data constantly. Mm-hmm. They want to pull some samples out of the, you know, out of out of the photonic energy that's swirling around their ship, and they pull it into two containers. One of them fills up immediately, and the other one not so much with the filling up immediately. Not so much. 
So um, I think it's Janeway that's able to diagnose that there's something going on where there's some kind of leak or some kind of breach that's resulted in the photonic energy escaping into the holodeck. Whoopsie doodles. Whoopsie doodles. No bigs. No bigs. Just shut it down. Yeah. It's all good. Well, you know, and aside from that, they're also, well, we got to back up a bit because so what ends up happening is they succeed in getting one of the containers full, yep. right? Yep. And Janeway's like, look, if this is what I think it is, it could do something with the ship. And we're, and Bellana's like, bro, that's such a good idea. And then yeah. Janeway goes, hey, Ensign Kim should probably help you give a sweet analysis on this situation. Yeah. And so she, you know, taps her little badge on her boobie and she goes, yo, Kim. Where you at, dog? Yep. And no reply. As is the standard Starfleet greeting. <laughs> yo, Kim, where you at, dog? Yo, yo, Harry K. Where you, where you be, Holmes? <laughs> the, com- the computer responds, yo, that, yo, homie ain't on the ship, dog. Hey, hey, hey bro, yo. abandoned ship, dog. <laughs> yo. <laughs> Yo, something's something's whack. Something's whack, Holmes. Holmes. Life signs. Straight up none. 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 Yeah. Zero, zero. So that's the big shocker. Oh, no. So she goes to the bridge and she goes, where did we lose him? Yeah. Which off, you know, off world slut is he boning again? Yeah. Um, And they can't, they can't figure out. I mean, they do figure out that there were no shuttles deployed. Nay. Um, There's been no, there's no record of anybody leaving the ship whatsoever. So he's just disappeared into thin air. What? What was the last position of said Harry Kim? Um, I think he was in the holodeck, Jennifer. In the holodeck. Yes. Yes. Definitely not doing anything super nerdy. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Of course not. We're talking about Harry Kim here. Yeah. Not some super freaking nerdy like who plays a clarinet or anything yeah that not that guy not the guy that plays the clarinet he wouldn't possibly be running a beowulf simulation in the holiday nay nay well nay. but we we skipped we skipped ahead we spoiled it for you but it's okay yeah i mean we already got the mead under our belts but the so the truth is 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 janeway goes yo why, why does janeway always go yo i don't know <laughs> you guys but she says hey chakotay Hey, hey, hottie McHottie, and hey, pointy McNice ears. Why don't uh, you guys go check it out and try to wrangle me some evidence as to uh, the whereabouts of Kim? Yeah. And so uh, she sends them down there, and they uh, they try to, you know, take the holodeck offline. Yep, and um, not so much with the being offline. Nope, can't mm-hmm. do it. Can't, can't do, do it. it. So you know what they're going to do? They're going to go in it. They're just going to go in. Nope, that's what they decided, they're, you guys. They're going in. So we got two um, super masculine, awesome dudes. I'm so excited. And they get into they get in there. Oh, they get in there. And it's a jungle in there. It is. Oh. It is a jungle. <laughs> oh, we yo, we yo. And, and you would think, you would think, well, okay, it's a jungle. Mayhaps it is a jungle story. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden, a Viking lady comes out. Thunk. Zena. <laughs> <laughs> Is she Callisto? She hurls, she chucks a spear at them. It thunks into a tree, um, and it's not a jungle, it's a forest. It is a forest. Interestingly enough. Um, and she is Freya. Enter Freya. Freya. Enter Freya, daughter of Hrothgar. Yes. And she um and you know, they're 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 able to they talk amongst they sidebar a little bit. They do. All right. Um and they're able to gather from what she's saying that they are in a simulation of Beowulf. Yep. 
and that Harry Kim had previously been playing his little game as Beowulf. Okay, so in this moment, immediately, I was like, please, I need to see his outfit. I know. I need to see his outfit. Come on. I am so excited <laughs> that early on, the first thing he decides to do is a Beowulf holo novel. Yes. And so, <laughs> so they're like, well, you know, um, we'd like to, yeah, take us to this Beowulf. <laughs> you guys come on let's focus he's yeah, missing he's missing but they're just be like okay well he was in here playing beowulf so take us to beowulf she's like no he's dead oh shit well let's leave the no they will not no they, they will not leave nay. the hollow novel because they need to get more information on the whereabouts of Harry Kay. She takes him back to the Mead Hall, right? And if you know anything about Beowulf, it's that um, a monster called Grendel is terrorizing this new kingdom and they are, and he's just snatching people away in the night. He he's comes, being a bully. He's being a bully. He comes in the middle of the night and he ravages like this kingdom and he steals like the warriors out of the Mead Hall. He just kills them one by one. He's rude. He's just rude. Consumes them. He's just ravaging them and they, there's nothing Wait, so they can do. Wait, is he ravaging? He's ravaging them. I just didn't know if you were ravaging. He ravaging? Ravaging? Ravaging. Ravaging. Yes, yes, he's been ravaging them. <laughs> I need to drink more mead. <laughs> Ravenously ravaging them. Um, and uh, and the thing that's really, really amusing about this whole thing is like they, Chakotay and, uh, and, <laughs> and Tuvok step into this mead hall where all these people are dressed pretty much like they're at a Game of Thrones. Yeah. And it's like a chance to, to act in a fantasy in a manner of fantasy in a Star Trek series and every actor in this scene henceforth just really takes advantage of it. Acting! <laughs> There's so much gravitas in like everything everyone says that it's like, it's it's mind-blowing. But this is, they, they end up speaking to the king. His name is King Guy. Rothgar. Rothgar. Because <laughs> she was the daughter of King Rothgar, yes. ergo... Rothgar. And he relates the tragic tale of how Grendel has been snatching away the people. Oh, and rude. He, and his voice gets really stringy. And he can barely talk through his He can't soul. even. And then he has to sit down. He's so sad. He's so sad. He's so Every, I actually called when he walked in. I was like, this is the land of Santa Clauses. Because <laughs> everyone looked like yes. if Santa Clauses arrived at Skyrim. They, they hear the sad, sad tale of Beowulf. Right. I'm so sorry of, of Beowulf and how he's he was their only hope and yet he could he's disappeared. So clearly Grendel got the better of him as well. So Tuvok goes, yo, you guys, where's the body? At least let's examine him because you guys keep yeah. saying he's dead. He's it's, dead. He's dead. It's looking very, very grim. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but this is where the shimmer of hope comes. Is that, you know, they were like, there's no body. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Tuvok says, logically, if there is no body then he might still be here. And I suggest, that was a pretty good one. Pretty good too, Thank you. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just like tossing my hair, you guys. Acting! Acting! And then I got really small voiced and really I sat small. in my chair. I just, I turned it. It's like the grief is just constricting just, your throat so you can barely speak. It's just, but phones don't show emotion. So they're, you know, with the guidance of Chakotay, they're able to kind of like, you know, speak the language of these people. And that's, I mean, speak the language isn't, uh, speak to them in a way that they would understand. Right? Yeah, very Which much. Chakotay, I think he he kind of jumps to the rises to the occasion. Yeah, he's goes, like we're two oh. we're two other we're two warriors that would also like to try our hand at the Grendel slaying. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and um, and I think this is actually a point. So you know, they they get back to Janeway and they go, Janeway, look, this is what's going to happen. 
There's no body. He's not here. But we're going to see if this Grendel sucker appears. And then maybe we can get some more information on our tricorders. Mm -hmm. Just keep a lock on us. Just make sure, you know, you know, our whereabouts and everything. And then they get into this really interesting philosophical discussion. Yeah, which I love. About this about this this legend about the the story of beowulf mm-hmm. and yeah it was something you love you really found fascinating which i don't disagree with the choice of having chakotay and tuvok be the two people that are discussing myth like the myths of humans is mm. perfect right because chakotay let's face it he's native american he was born of myth it doesn't really forged in the face fire of tattoos in the face fire of tattoos <laughs> <laughs> Um, he comes from a people that are are very akin to Native Americans, so they they ha- they put a lot of stock in myths and stories, and right? Legends. And he is he's communicating with somebody. Um, he's collaborating with somebody whose culture does not have these story these narratives where heroes um, fight demons and monsters. And, Absolutely. And Tupac actually says just straight out. He says like we don't have. We don't have stories. I ain't afraid of no monsters, yeah, legends. We don't have these in our culture. I don't know why you guys do. Chicote meets um, Tuvok's befuddlement because he's not necessarily sneering down at the the idea of uh, a story with. He monsters. just doesn't get it. He just doesn't get it. Yeah. And Chicote says, "Well, it's kind of been a um, like a time honored tradition of humans in general to deal with their demons, their own personal demons, yes. by." Um, giving them corporeal form mm-hmm. in their stories as monsters, as big, terrifying, monstrous things that they have to conquer. Yes. And that's why so many of our tales have things like Grendel, you know, just like formidable, monstrous, terrifying foes that we need to overcome. You know, after this whole philosophical debate happens, uh, things start shaking, shaking Uh-oh. about. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, the rumbles in the Bronx. And uh, the doors fling open. And next thing we know... Both Tuvok and Chakotay, their life signs are no longer registered. They're gone. They're gone. They're gone. What happened? What happened? So uh, what is really, and I'm going to tell you guys what to feel again. Yeah, here she goes. Here we go. This is scary, guys. Oh, I was going to say gassy, but scary's worse. Yes, this is scary. Um, We learn now (gasps) that the safety protocols are off. They're off. Because clearly people can get hurt in the holodeck. No. And this is a debate that's constantly, you know, swirls around the Star Trek community. Why ever have the option to turn off? (laughs) Why is there an off button on safety protocols on the holodeck? You know why? Because children got to learn. (laughs) You're going to learn today, boy. You're going to learn today, boy. You're going to learn today. I'm throwing you in there in a pit. I wish I had Michael Roker voice right now. Hey, boy. Hey, boy. Hey, boy. I'm going to throw you in there with Klingons. (laughs) Exactly. And a spatula. Enjoy. You're going to learn today. You're going to learn today, boy. <laughs> um, so this is cause for concern. All right. So now They've everybody's now up and... three people. They're up, you guys. They're not... Their track record right now in the in the spans of like, I don't know, 12 hours. Oh. Not so great. And you know who's really upset? Tom Paris. He's very upset. Because his best friend... His best friend. Is lost. And now two other guys. And now... All the hotness has left the ship, and he's like, I can't be the only hot guy he on this ship. He has to bear the entire, he's, he's the, sole, <laughs> the sole bearer of all the hotness. He's like, I, you guys, I can't carry the mantle of hot and by the, myself if. There's, he's already got his hands full of the Delaney sisters. It's really, really frustrating. Listen, good lord. He's breaking, a, I'm breaking a sweat for him just thinking about that. 
he's actually this is one of the moments where Tom Paris proves that he's not just a pretty boy because he has he has an idea. <gasps> what is said idea, Jennifer? Well, you can't send anybody who can actually be susceptible to um, bodily harm into the holodeck right now. We. Oui? So why don't you send in somebody who maybe doesn't have a body? But who doesn't have a body, Jennifer? Perhaps a hologram. What? I mm. think I have one of those in the med bay. Let's go in check. In the sick bay. Yeah, let's go. And we walked. Yep. And this is <laughs> this is where we're getting. This is where we see Kess. And, you know, this is in the early season where Kess is like the doctor's assistant, which makes way more sense than having Tom Paris be the doctor's assistant, which happens later. Because, you know, you want the pilot to also be the nurse. And they bring him online. And um, Janeway explains to him the situation. And she goes, look, Doc, because you're already energy, you can't be converted Mm -hmm. into energy. Yeah, because that's what they were able to figure out, is that whatever's happening, the reason why their life signs are no longer um, reading is because um, the transport technology does a certain thing, which is it converts matter into energy, and then it reconstitutes it into matter, you know, wherever else you want to put it. Oh, yeah, this was also another science orgy that yeah. they were having. Oh, my God, Jesus Christ. I had to rewatch <laughs> it to understand what the hell. And then I went to Wikipedia, and I looked up how a transporter works because I was, like, just making sure that it was, like, commensurate with what Star Trek has already said about transporters. I was like, okay, yeah, that is what happens. And then you play George Michael. I play <laughs> Kayla's Whisper to celebrate everything, including the knowledge of... Uh, acquiring, technology. acquiring the knowledge of transporter technology <laughs> knowledge acquired time to play careless whisper computer Co- play careless whisper <laughs> that's such an in joke you guys don't get just understand that careless whisper is the best song ever made well anyway. true story though it will now be all of our joke yes there we go we've shared it with you congrats so uh th- so they're able to figure out that um what is what is befallen everybody that goes in there is there's some Something happening that is very similar to what the transporter is doing, which is it dematerializes people, turns them into energy, and doesn't reconstitute them as matter. So are they dead? Um, (laughs) No, I don't don't fucking know. Uh, But But? there is the off chance that the energy that they are now floating around as may retain some of the biological um, mapping you know, the, the DNA, the genome or whatever in an amorphous way that can be reconstituted into a person. That's the big hope. That's the finger. It's basically the Willy Wonka television thing where they're up in suspended particles in the air, but they're in that suspension right now. Mm -hmm. And so they're hoping, they're hoping that that Grundle open the door. It's reverse trick or treat. And I'm taking your body form. Yep. We'll have enough to reconstitute them. So that's that's the hope. So right now, not all is lost, but um, like Jackie said, they're gonna have to send in the doctor because he can't. He's already energy. So he and can't. so in theory, yeah, he cannot be transformed into it because mm-hmm. he already is it. Mm-hmm. Now one would assume. Now a later version of the doctor would be super pumped about this. Oh yeah, because he's he becomes really really into the idea of exploring humanity. Absolutely. Or becoming one. But we're season one doctor. Who just wants to do his goddamn job. And wants to be relieved ASAP. Yes, he just wants to just shut him off, turn him back on when someone's dying. And also the security of taking pride in the fact that his programming right now is so succinct and just focused on medicine yeah. that now he's being tasked with an um, with a, an away mission, essentially. It's terrifying. It is insanely terrifying because after they tell him like they tell him you know you can actually choose whether or not to be transparent as in like things pass through you or you can actually be you know uh 
solid and blah blah blah. So he's like a, he's gonna be a superhero where he they've goes. empowered him. They've absolutely he's yeah. he's Kal El. He goes into Beowulf. He starts researching. He starts yep. trying to do everything by the book, yep. and very much in the, in the way a scientist and medical person would approach. A situation. Yeah, he's going to read up on the civilization that he's going to um, enter. He's very anthropological about it. And Kess is very curious about his methods. Because she's like, why are you doing that? And he has this really great, another great Star Trek moment. Where they just sit down, they have a philosophical talk. What do they talk about, Jen? Well, she she's like, you know, uh, you know, what are you going to do? Why are you so nervous? Why are you anxious? And he says, you know, I've only ever been here. I know nothing of... Like the rest of the ship, let alone. That was alone. such great writing. He's like, yeah. I can tell you every single inch of the sick bay. Yeah. I can yeah. tell you about, I have like a, like just endless, bound, boundless knowledge about medical stuff. Yeah. But I couldn't tell you how things taste. I mean, I'm, we're paraphrasing, but he's like, I can't tell you how things taste. I don't know how, you know, what a plant looks like. I don't know what things feel like. I don't he's know comfortable in the parameters of what he was programmed yeah. to do. And the prospect of having to do this is a conundrum yeah. because. He can't let down his crew. No. He's programmed not to let down Starfleet and Captain Catherine, Catherine Janeway. And people don't. And Starfleet does not send people on away missions solo. No. But he, it's his first away mission and he has to go in solo. Yep. And, and, and truthfully in, in a, in a situation that he is by far and by no means prepared for in the slightest. In the slightest. So, you know, and so of course Kess's advice is, hey bro, come up with a name. Uh-huh. Which is what a dumb bitch. You guys, sorry. <laughs> I don't like. Here's the thing, Cass. I know you're all touchy feely. Give him a name. Yeah. Because the man cannot come up with names no, to save his fucking life. Good lord. I feel like the writers lost a bet. I really feel like they like pulled straws and lost yeah. a bet with a friend at a bar, or like they did stripes and solids, and someone pulled Janeway and put all the balls in the in the pockets, and then they gave the doc the worst possible name he goes with schweitzer schweitzer you guys the first thing we see when the doctor gets into this is he's touching the leaves yeah. and he's taking in the environment so yeah. we're seeing this world through the eyes of someone who is experiencing mm -hmm. this for the first time mm -hmm. and it's really 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 endearing until thunk oh until thunk du -du 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 -du. god the, damn that thunk the sphere the spear the once freya? again once again is trucked and misses him and we're starting we're starting to learn that freya not so good with the aim you know <laughs> not so good at being a shield maiden as as she is called but um she and, and i saw no shield mm, no Miss so Nomer. i mean we already we already got a b plus on that i think we're we're almost passing miss nomer rude so uh the doctor and her interact right she's uh, it's we we've seen this before when tuvok and chakotay first enter right um, but she has retained the memory of these two guys that have also disappeared, hasn't she? Yeah, yeah. and that's what's so fascinating is that this this uh, this Holland novel in particular is very adaptive, and basically yeah. the people who kind of go through it will then. I'm 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 wondering if it's kind of like when you do a series, when you do like a game of some sort, and it only reset once you've completed the entire book. You know yeah, what I mean? Like Jumanji, like. It, Beowulf Jumanji. Beomanji, yo. It's Beomanji. Beomanji. So the reality... Jewolf. Beomanji wolf? Yes, that's what we're going to go with. Done. So she's obviously just like in Westworld. She's programmed to throw a spear every time but and to miss every time. But the gift of this and the difference is, of course... 
you know, doctor is picking up what she's dropping and yeah. immediately knows who she is, yep. immediately knows what this world is. He's done his studies. Oh, y'all, he, he knows studied every- up. He knows everything about Beowulf. Because Schweitzer studied up. So he knows that when he's led back to the meat hall, mm-hmm. right, where he gets the whole spiel all over again. About mm-hmm. how everyone who meets up with Grendel dies, how the whole kingdom is ravaged. And he goes, this is ravaged, and then his voice gets really high. Like the scourge of Grendel. We're missing people. And then we also have to, and then this this time around, we're also introduced. So, you know, basically the doc is like, look, mm-hmm. I'm going to help you guys out. Yep. Because I was friends with those guys that you guys lost, the hot ones. Yep. And I was I was friends with Harry Kay. Yep. In the weird outfit. Yep. I'm going to help you guys out. And they're like, you can't because you're not Beowulf and he was our only hope. Yeah. They're like, you guys, you know what? The track record of people in the outfits that you're wearing is not very good. <laughs> I don't trust you, sir. And furthermore, and, and so this guy gets uppity. So yeah. one of Santa's helpers is named Unferth. Unferth. And yes. he's very upset. Yeah. And he goes, as we normally do, yep. hey, man, prove your worth. Here's yep. a sword. Yep. Fight me, bro. Fight me. <laughs> Fight me, bro. Come at me, bro. Come at moi, brosif. He's like, this is some bullshit right here. He's like, step aside, motherfuckers. <laughs> Let's lay down some law and test ye. Yep. And the doctors never held a sword, never wielded a weapon. Yep. And it's kind of heavy. It's, it's, you guys, it's a claymore. It's he, a little whoosh. He inaccurately gauged the um, the weight of that sword that's handed him. So he makes a fool of himself a little bit. He does. First. He does. And then he's like, you know what? Fuck this noise. Yep. I'm too tired. I really don't care. Yep. And so, as as we mentioned before, Janeway gave him the ability to be impermeable and not. Yeah. And so he goes, you know what? Opt out. Do it. And Do the guy, it. the guy takes a giant freaking swing at him. Um, slices through him just like butter. Like butter. Yep. Because uh, he dematerializes and uh, the guy hurts his little hand. Oh my god! But it was in the witness of everybody where they saw the, the sword pass right through him and bore him no harm. And they're like, oh yay! Schweitzer! And they chanted it till commercial break. Schweitzer! And Jacqueline had to drink. Yep. So now they now they see him as a god. Now he has even more hope. Now he represents even more hope to them than um, Beowulf did in defeating Grendel, right? And um, it's it's great. This is a great first away mission for the Doctor because he he's in God mode and everyone treats him like a god. He's getting a very skewed, skewed experience of what it's like to be a person. <laughs> it's fascinating. You know, you guys kind of, you have to think about this whole situation because... What is so great is, you know, like, afterwards they have a feast of meat. He's a hero. Yeah. His first away mission, and he's already regarded as a hero. He's, he's regarded as a hero. Yeah. He has no perception of, of the reality. Yeah. I mean, this is, everything's going well. What could possibly go wrong? He gets the spoils. I don't want to spoil it, but I will. He has spoils. They throw him a feast. Yep. A chick throws herself at him. For real. So Freya comes back without helmet. Yeah. Has helmet hair. Yep. Didn't do anything about it. Yep. But, you know, she's there for him. The The king gives him a personal tour of um, the hall in advance of his big fight with Grendel. He's like, look, I mean, he's basically treating him as if he were the successor to his throne. Yeah. He's like, this. these are the brave people that came before you, blah, blah, blah. This is just arousing all kinds of jealousy in Mr. Grumpy Mick Beardface. What'd you call him? The guy, 
the you, Santa's helper. Well, he was just Santa's helper. Whatever his name is, Umfgar, whatever. On on Unfirth. Unfirth. probably. And we're like Unfirth. Unfirth. <laughs> the opposite of Firthing. <laughs> <laughs> so he's arousing all kinds of jealousy um the king gives him a personal tour he's just enjoyed a delicious sumptuous feast um he retires to his quarters where freya um tells him that there's one there's more than one way to stay warm oh my god right and you're just kind of sitting there and you're like what is happening she kisses him look sign me up for this away mission <laughs> sign me the fuck up for this away mission so um all of this is happening, but he eventually has to put his money where the mouth is, his mouth is. Because guess who's cometh? It's Grendel. Grendel show. And previous prior to this, what he was actually tasked with what? What he was actually tasked with was, was not to go in and to save Chakotay and Tuvok and Harry Kim, but to go in and to find the source of this photonic surge that's, that they're detecting. And yeah, to, to scan it exactly for data. Yes, that's all that he was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. He got a little ca- carried away, shall we say? He uh, yes, parts of him certainly Just got carried smidge. away. Hey, hey, hey! Something's um, passed right through things. He goes to the mead hall where the doors burst open, and we see Grendel. Nay, we don't see Grendel. And we see a we light, see a tentacle light monster. So basically, every anime. Yes. But radioactive. Radioactive. So we saw radioactive. 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 <laughs> so radioactive anime is coming towards the dock. Uh-huh. And he is in God mode, assume. Or yeah, assuming. he's like, come at me, brah. You can't hurt me. You can't. But can he be hurt? Yes, he can. <laughs> exactly. And then he has this moment where he's literally like, beat me out, Captain. Because the thing. Because this tentacle monster whips forward one of its tentacles and grabs his arm and just starts. Like, just starts, like, basically ripping his arm off. Yeah. And pulling him towards the rest of tentacle land. So he pusses out. He oh, yeah. He beamed out um, San's arm. And he shows up in, what is it, sick bay, I think? San's arm. Without his arm. And it's, we all go, whoopsie dudes. Yo. Yo. That's, that's messed up. Um, so that's <laughs> the bad news. The good news is. Yeah. Tricorder got some data. Did get the data. And uh, guess what we found out, Jen? What did we find out, Jackie? We found out that there are three dormant life signs within the energy yeah. that we can believe, ascertain, nay, predict. By deductive reasoning. By deductive reasoning, thanks yeah. to Schweitzer, mm-hmm. that they are our three lost hotness. So that thing, that thing is not that just thing. one thing. You sound, like, you sound like, like a really angry mother in like a... That thing! That thing took my children in the night! <laughs> And it, it that thing is actually multiple things. It's the the essence <gasps> of our lost crew members. Essence of my crew members. <laughs> Ooh, slow essence jam. Essence of my crew members. That's what it needed. A sweet, <laughs> a sweet sax solo. A sweet, sweet sax solo. Anyways, so, yes. So synaptic patterns within the energy turns out it's our crew, man. We can deduct that, yeah. deduce that, and do um, and I can't remember what happens, but they they start doing something where that results in this thing coming out of the hollow deck, mm-hmm. right? Like I don't know if they coax it out or what, but it starts to breach the hollow deck and they let it happen. I believe it's Tom Paris that actually says something about letting it happen. Yeah, there's something about where they realize that's what they realize that. The energy has some sort of sentient 
properties yes. to it. And if they can co, you know, like basically confine that frequency of some sort, yeah, they, they can in- essentially contain mm-hmm. some elements of that energy to study. But they fail. Yo, they feel major. Because, because as this thing escapes the holodeck, right? Um, and Tom Paris is tracking it. This is the moment they realize it's sentient, right? Yes. Because he's like, it's actually changing direction. When they That's try, right. That's when right. they try to contain it in a force field. You can't contain the can. energy. It detects that it, it's heading towards some kind of thing and it changes direction. And it's Janeway that, you know, radios over their comm system. She says like, you know, let let it escape. It's fine. Because She's like, I got answers. Yeah. Because what it what it's doing is she's like they're on triage, right? She's like, there's no way we can contain it. Yeah, it's headed, to, it's it's about to create a breach. Yeah, right. Um, and it does, and they're like, we just need to respond to the breach as soon as possible. Yeah, this thing escapes from Voyager. It actually, it actually leaves the ship. But in leaving, they track it, mm-hmm. and they we realize it's going somewhere familiar. Yep, it's going to our protostar, to the protostar, right. So now there's there's important information that we had from this one. God damn it. Their crew members are now like out in the middle of nowhere with this thing. But it's sentient, mm-hmm. which means that if they can find a way to communicate it, maybe they can communicate to it that um, that they meant no harm. Well, and, and we need to we need to think of it this way. It's energy. Right. Yeah. And it's energy that went back. That was not only sentient in that it knew it how to, you know, mm-hmm. Juke City is a real place and it's on Voyager. Right. It, it not only knew how to evade Voyager's security and, and breach it all completely, but it went back to its home. It was going home. And so in, in that Janeway, and this is what I really love is particularly with the first two seasons. Yeah. Is when knowledge had to be dropped. Yeah. It was the Janeway show. Of course. And so Janeway goes to town and she basically says, look, you guys, here are the facts. The fact is this this light source, it bounces around, it has a brain, and it wants to go home. Yeah. It's E.T. in um, I would uh, Adrian Peterson's body when he was healthy. That's a football <laughs> term. So what's the point? Well, the point is, is she says, you know, Milana and I were trying to find a new source of fuel, and we uh, suck some up in a tube. Two of them. Two of them. Two of them. Maybe these beans are really angry at us because we basically declared an act of war we we kidnapped we for no reason exactly unprovoked we thought we were gathering data we actually captured two of their people so maybe they're retaliating in the only way they know how which is take two three of our people it's tradesies yeah so she's like so what we need to communicate to them now because there's been there's been a miscommunication yeah there's a little bit of a miscommunication we need to go back in there with this remaining um, captive. Well, that basically, we have. say we mean no harm. We yeah, didn't we, realize we were doing my. It's a my bad moment. Yeah, we need to return to them this and find, and in doing so, explain to them: here's your guy. Give us back our guys. Yes, right. And <laughs> tradesies. It's like Oregon Trail. Yes, squirrel meat for axles. Yep. There. <laughs> I I love. The, this this begin, begins a long-standing tradition with Voyager where they just go through the Delta Quadrant fucking shit up. Oh, my God. Literally go in, poke some bears, yeah. go mea culpa. Yeah. Just I'm, ruin ruin a few societies, capture some people, drive some species to, to extinction. We're just trying to get home. So, she was my bad. I didn't know there was a picnic going on. So apparently we 
uh, we inadvertently hostilely captured two of their beings uh, completely unprovoked. And so now we have to negotiate a trade. So the doctor, once again, is the only person who can do this. Mm-hmm. Right. Because what? Because the uh, the hollow deck with its photonic stuff that's happening is where these things manifest. Yeah. Right. And, so. and, and at the end of the day, even even if hypothetically Doc went, you know, shit hit the poo poo again. Mm-hmm. That makes no sense. Why would poop hit itself? If shit hit the fan again, um, they could always essentially rebuild him. Rebuild him. He can be rebuilt. Yeah, he could be. He could be reset. Um, but the problem now is, Janeway says to him, "Here is the thing. Mm-hmm. It is a little photonic being in a little canister, right?" She says, "You cannot lose." Like, you cannot let this thing out of your sight. You need to deliver it. It's the football. You need to deliver it to the intended person, which means you cannot dematerialize. Now, when you go in, you have to be corporeal. The safety protocols are off. So you can actually get hurt. But you you cannot dematerialize. You have to hold on to this. He's, like, understood. Like a champion, he goes back in. He can't be a a grim, grinning ghost. There's, like, a hot chicken there waiting for him now. Oh, shoot, son, because he had a little make-out session before he left. You know what I'm saying? Know what I'm saying? He's definitely going to get some. Nothing is going to happen to her. Nothing is going to happen. Now, was it (laughs) at this point or was it in the point prior where she makes mention of, I had a dream I would die in battle? It was right before she made out with his face. So, you know, she had a little, a little, a little, uh, aside, a little, I saw Jesus. And uh, she basically said, look, you know, I've always, I've always had a dream that I would die in battle. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and he goes, that's cool, yo. So we jump ahead, of course. Suck my face some more. Suck my face. I'm getting cold. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's that's a line that I will use the next time <laughs> I'm around a baby. It's cold outside. <laughs> Suck my face. Next time I'm around a, a fetching fella, I'll say like, "Baby, it's cold. Suck my face." Hey, baby. Once in Scandinavia, face suck to generate the heats. <laughs> so he goes in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he he respawns in the same point every time in in the same place, which is in that forest where Freya is also programmed to materialize, right? Yep. yep. So she's there. She sees him. She's like, "Oh, thank God you've returned. We thought Grendel had killed you. I've got the feels for you. You're awesome. Let's make out right now." Nope. Nope. Because Unfer. God, why is his name so hard to say? Or Unferth. The unfirthiest of firths. Yes. Not Colin Firth. Mm, He's salty. He's a salty Firth. And he shows up. Y'all, he shows up and he is like, you again. I thought I told you to bounce. You were a coward. You didn't show up. Step to it. And of course, the doc is trying to be as genuine as possible and says. He has the weirdest accusation, too. What was it? I think he, you know, correct us in the comments or whatever if I'm wrong, but I think he he says something about how he felt like the doctor was in league with Grendel because he was the only one that escaped. Hey, man, that makes sense. He would he would hold a grudge like that. Yeah. He was probably like, that's your favorite. That's why I didn't get the pony for Christmas. Yep. Not that they celebrate Christmas, although technically it is a pagan holiday, but not the point. Point mm-hmm. is, this guy did not have a great childhood. No, he needs hugs. But um, but first he's going to take it out on, on uh, Schweitzer. Yeah, he's he's he needs hugs, but he's going to give stabs. Instead. And you know what? He gives stabs, and he gives stabs to the wrong person. Yes, he lunges at the doctor. The doctor cannot dematerialize. He Remember, can't, you guys, because he's holding that canister. He has to hold that canister that has the bargaining tool, the bargaining chip. And Freya decides she's going to be a goddamn hero. You guys, she's going to take one for the team. And she takes it right in the heart. You guys, she takes it for the, for the 
And as she lays dying, she points out to Schweitzer <gasps> that uh, this was a good. This is a good death. This is the best that a uh, shield maiden who has no shield can hope for. Because you know, Vikings love dying in battle. They're very Klingon in they that do. way. She's very. This is very much like Conan the Barbarian, the first movie. Is the, the late the girl that dies and it says the same thing about how it's like a good day and a good way to die. It's a good day. To, um, it's a good way to die. And as she dies, she says to him that um, she's glad that she's dying this way with his name on her lips. The last thing on her lips. Schweitzer. Is Schweitzer. Which is unfortunate. You know what? If I if I die anytime soon, I really hope that Schweitzer is not the last thing I say. I hope the last thing I say is. Fuck. I don't know. Well, that's a good word. I was going to say. Fuck would be a good that word That would be a great word. It'd be like, fuck. Fuck. <laughs> and then she saved the world. She did. She's now galvanized the doctor. He's now been, he, he had, like every hero in every mythical tale, when your woman dies, that's, that's when shit you guys, gets real. He, he just got that hull armor, that Borg hull armor. I'm jumping till the series ender, but that's what I'm going at. Y'all, yep. he is like, douche, 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 douche. I got nothing to lose. It's morphin' time. <laughs> and so he is on a mission with a canister of light. Mm-hmm. And he's got his green lantern. It's not really green, but he's going to go into that hall and he's going to confront that Grendel, yo. So he barges into the meat hall. Where, like a boss. Where... Umfur, whatever, Umferf. Yep. God damn. His name is stupid. Almost as bad as Schweitzer. Um, has they really absconded. didn't like names. Didn't like names this episode. He's, he's absconded with the canister. He's brought it back to the meat hall. And he's like, King, I've brought you this amulet. Um, because the man known as Schweitzer or whatever um, definitely is a bad guy. And I stole this from him. Right? So the, the doc is now after the canister. He knows he needs to get it. But... Um, he's now in full rage mode. He's full berserker. Full berserker mode, y'all. He's got the crazy eyes. He's got he's got crazy dark eyes. You didn't think he had crazy eyes? Oh. He bursts through the doors. The dude bro is like, oh yeah, nah, uh, nah, man. Uh, he, uh, uh, no, I, I, I woke up when this canister was here. Yeah, and uh, that guy, he totally killed Freya. It wasn't me or anything. Totally killed her. It wasn't me at all. I didn't know what you're talking about. And this, I don't quite understand. Because what the doctor does is he grabs a torch and just starts approaching, um, starts approaching Umferth. Okay. And that, for some reason, scares the crap out of him. Like a caveman, he can't handle fire. Apparently. He's like, Ugh. He's Frankenstein's monster, and he just really can't handle fire. He can't handle it. And um, the doc mean mugs him, right? Takes back that which is rightfully his, which yeah. is the amulet. The amulet of light. Like a hero, like a goddamn hero. Yep. He takes it back and um, has his final confrontation. And this is such an amazing character arc for, I mean, an amazing um, step in the right direction advancement for the doctor there as a go. character right? upgrade yeah he started as a semi-curious not you know reluctant hero very reluctant very very reluctant and it's through this journey that he's actually experienced some of the extremes of the human experience being a hero experiencing uh, some something akin to love having that love taken from you being betrayed and let's take it a step further in saying that the demons that Chakotay was making mention of in the beginning are those that the doctor does face yeah. through the course of this tale. Yep. Right? Yep. And so in a way, the exposition that 
Chakotay has set us up with is really the rites of passage that the doctor is going through. Precisely. He didn't know that he could do it. Nope. He and he does it. Well, he he fails at first. He fails. He he gets he, back up. Yep. And goes again. He gets back on the horse. He he failed. He pushed out. He lost a limb in the process. He did. He's thrust back in. You know, he has to avenge somebody. He has to dig deep down. Yep. Um, and be the hero that he knows he is on the inside. Absolutely. Um, and he finally faces the Grendel thing, which is just a big light monster. So literally, it's it's a little anticlimactic in it the is. sense that he goes, "Hey, homie, my bad." Here's your friends. We meant you no harm. Give us your crewmen and we'll bounce. Yep. And that's what happens. And you guys, that's kind of what happens. And then we see Harry Kim in that sweet outfit going, what happened? I just, I love, I mean, the, the default for Star Trek is that things have to be solved by diplomacy, right? They don't have to, but that tends to be the message is that. Well, but particularly when Roddenberry was bouncing around, you yeah. know, and the mantle that he did put on to Rick Berman and, and, and friends, was that and you know kudos to them for trying to upkeep it because it does even though it might seem very cheesy it there is a levity to it that is really welcomed in my opinion because you're right and and very much truthfully in the vein of the story i would assume yep you know it was resolved yeah they're like we we don't speak the same language um but the thing that we share is the you know wanting to have our people back and wanting to go home so here's your people. Thanks for our people. Everything is back to normal. Um, photonic energy goes back to where, whence it came. Mm-hmm. Um, they, uh, the crew members are back. Harry Kim in that that costume. Oh, so good. That he must have used so many um, replicator rations to make. You guys, plus his little soul. That was that was five steak dinners. Yeah. Um, and what is it that he says? I think he's like, "What happened?" or something like that. Yeah. He's- He's just like, where was that? Yeah. What happened? happened? Why was I gone? How long was I gone for? Excuse yep. me. Um, and then, honestly, what I really thought was really touching was the end of this episode, which is, of course, Janeway approaches Doc in his quarters, which is sick bay, mm-hmm. and gives him a commendation, essentially. Yeah. She says, good job. She says, look, you did your first away mission. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put it in logs and made it state that you get a... a, a, a some sort of like Boy Scout badge. Just like a real boy. Just like, yeah, a real boy. And it's groundbreaking. Who co- who gives commendations to a hologram? That's it. Yeah, and it's it's Janeway. And um, but it's Janeway like, does, y'all. But what is Janeway. she? What is she going to log him as? Is it going to be Schweitzer? And he goes nay because the word Schweitzer gives me heartbreak, very much like Jen and I, but not in the same for the same reasons, yep. not in the least. Mm-mm. Because he now associates it with the but his lost love. Freya. 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 It's not like she could be rebooted. Of course not. On the holodeck. Of course not. It's not like he can't just pop in there whenever and have his nasty time with Of the, course not. It's not like she's a hologram or anything. No. It's, it's not like she can't be beep booped No. But uh, for the time being, I think he just uses the cover of, you know, uh, it brings back too many painful memories. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, you know. Small step for uh for the doc. For it's a small giant step for hologram kind, whatever. It's yeah, small you know, step for the doc, huge leap for man for holodeck hologram kind, whatever. You know, I, I yes, this was a very much an episode that just kinda of is very self contained, very yeah. you know Almost what negligible. Negligible. But I think it established that sense of fantasy that we love seeing in Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And I think for for all tense for all intents and purposes 
uh, I can't even speak. So what I really liked about it, though, is in the context of the doctor, it really made a lot of advancements in terms of what he was mm-hmm. in, in, in the crew, in the context yep. of the crew. He's we're an the, actual member of the crew. We're in the first season, and we see, you know, at the beginning of this season, we see a lot of hostility towards the doctor, mm-hmm. and it shifts, and I think it shifts for the better. Yep, so, he's actually saved lives now in a way that they can respect. Yeah. I'm not to say that the medical practice doesn't isn't something to respect, but it is at this point in Star Trek, in in history whatever, kind of just magic. <laughs> so I mean, you know what? It was very nice. I don't know. It was a, it was it was a very refreshing episode. It was a good it was a good little little good little episode. A little skip hop and a jump. Yeah, it was a nice little little break from all the heaviness in season 1. Um established a few things you know you know it was fun yep and it made us drink mead so it made us drink mead we learned things against it hey let's uh let's figure out if we like it although the strike against i think i already know uh jen's answer to this situation i can't even put it close to my face because you can't as soon as you get it close to your face yeah jackie's I wish this wasn't a podcast that you could see, like, the grimace that is just completely I know that people, you know, Star Trek fans poo-poo Star Wars, but that worm that comes out that almost eats the Millennium Falcon, that's the face I made right now. Yep. Uh, Y'all, this isn't good. It's really hard to put my my face near it. It really is. It's, like, so much sugar. It's, like, I I can see this good in a toddy, though. Like, if you boil it up, throw some cinnamon sprigs in there, and she can't... Jen can't even Ugh. take another drink. It's really difficult. This is insane. I don't know who drinks this. Um, Irish do for their honeymoon. But we learned something new today. We don't like mead. Never getting married if I have to drink this on a honeymoon. Fuck. Well, she's never. Uh, Jen's never getting married. Yeah, fellas. Uh, she's never going to get married in Ireland. No. And uh, we don't. We're not the biggest fans of mead. Hey, you know, I think we. I think we're due for a cast episode. Oh man! <laughs> I was hoping this day would never come. You know what? It's gonna come, and it's coming on our next episode. If you guys have any ideas for the cast episode we should be taking on, except for Fury, we gotta deal with nice cast before we deal with what the hell cast, okay? <laughs> the crap. So let's deal with super awesome, genteel, two year old cast, shall we? Make sure you let us know on our social. We're Seven of Wine on all social media platforms. And you can also hit us up on our email at engage at sevenofwine.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, y'all, this was an adventure. Twas. Yeah. Yep. If you like this episode and want to hear more, make sure you tune in to uh, iTunes, rate and review us, because apparently. That helps, like, algorithms and shit. Yeah, do that to our algorithm. Do it to our algorithm. Do yeah, it good daddy. to our yeah, algorithm. Do it to our algorithm. I can't say that anymore. This was, this was the Game of Thrones episode of Star Trek Voyager. But everyone came out alive, Jen. They did. Not a single person died. Oh, Freya. Well, I'm Jacqueline. I'm Jennifer. And this was Seven of Wine. <laughs> 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 <laughs>